Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the college and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, welcome to the Mill Sunday School. We're so glad you're here. It feels so good on this special morning to have an extra hour of sleep, right? So extra time to praise the Lord. So would you meet somebody you don't know, uh, venture outside of your world and shake hands with someone you don't know? Ready, get set, go. And then after you're done greeting and meeting, if you could turn into your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. And I really uh, want to encourage you to turn there, like find this passage in your own Bible or your phone Bible. Find Genesis chapter 1. It is, of course, the very first book of the Bible. should be easy to find. And Genesis chapter 1 is the first chapter in our Bible as it is canonized. So Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. I'll give you another second to find it, open it up and look at it. If you want, you can underline some things here. I'll give you some things to underline. This is how God created us, and it's going to be very relevant to the topic this morning. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. And ladies, it's going to say later that He created them, male and female, in His image, so don't let that throw you off. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them, and, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth, and every tree which fruit yields seed, it should be your food. And every beast of the earth, to every bird of the sky, to everything that moves on the earth which has life, has given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw that he had made all that he had made, and behold, it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Let's pray. Holy God, Holy Father, we come to you in your image. You have made us. You have created us male and female in your image. And we are stewards. We are your creation intended to take care of and steward the things that you have created. That is who you've made us to be. Allow us to see that this morning. Allow us to know that in our hearts and in our minds. We love you. And we praise you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So this month of November, welcome to November, uh, we are going to talk about this topic, a topic that we we get together as Sunday school leadership and talk each month about what we're going to talk about. And two months ago, we decided that November, we would talk about this idea of stewardship. Specifically, all this month, we're laying it to the young adult life and how we can be good stewards. And so I'm going to tell you a story, open up with a story Uh, sermons usually open up with stories. And this is a story you've probably heard before, maybe many times. Uh, Somewhat of a twist a little bit this morning, but not much of one. But it's a good story to rehear. Anybody like bison or buffaloes? Maybe it's your favorite animal. Who knows? 
Let me tell you a story about, uh, they're officially called bisons, but I like saying buffalo better. It's just a funner word. So um, I was reading a couple years ago these Wild West tales, like these short stories of tales of the Wild West, and know that buffalo used to roam, like right here, look out the window, see the plains into the foothills. Buffalo used to roam right here all the way east to Virginia, all the way north to Canada, uh, and into Alaska, actually. And there used to be, the, the number out there is people are like, well, maybe it's this number, maybe it's that number. Somewhere around 60 million buffaloes roaming around this area of the country, which is pretty awesome and beautiful to think about. And as you may know, the, a little bit of American, Native American history is that the Native Americans killed the buffalo for food and they used every part of the buffalo. You know this, right? You've heard this kind of story before. Anybody? Raise your hand. Good. Everybody. So use the horns, you could make spoons and cups out of the bones, you can make shovels and arrowheads, the hides, you can make teepee covers and clothes and blankets, the hair you could use as insulation and pillows and rope, the meat you can use for meat, <laughs> the, the, the stomach you can dry out and use as like some sort of ancient Tupperware thing, uh, must have been pretty cool, uh, the tail you could use as a whip or a brush, the, the fat you could use for soap or for like fat for like rendering and cooking, the ligaments you could actually use for like bowstrings, pretty cool, um, hooves you could somehow boil down, not sure how that works, but into glue, and if you're on the, the, the plains and there's no trees, you could use the buffalo dung, that's the poo-poo, uh, for firewood, I guess it's not wood, just for fire poop, I guess, um, the tongue, this will gross you out a little bit, so you might want to stop eating if you're currently eating. Uh, right when you would kill a buffalo, you, uh, it was common to eat either or all three of the heart, the liver, and the tongue, like right away, like those were delicacies like uh, sushi or something. <laughs> something right there on the field. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? Um, but that is how the Native Americans, that you, you all raised your hand, you know that story, that the Native Americans used uh, every bit of the buffalo, and then Europeans came with guns and much easier ways to kill animals, and for the most part, um, devastated the population of buffaloes. There's stories of people shooting buffaloes on, off of moving trains just for fun, just for sport, just to see the animal go down, and then the train would go on and you would never see that animal dying again. Um, there's stories of people, uh, Europeans with guns, killing buffalo just for like one particular part of the animal, either the hide that was worth the most, or uh, I was reading a, a tale of the Wild West and uh, kill a buffalo just for a snack, like to get that tongue. I've never had buffalo tongue, but suppose, like in all these stories, it was like a thing, and so it must be pretty good. Has anybody ever had a buffalo tongue? Maybe could, nobody? Oh, one, I'll talk later, and we'll talk about how it tastes. Um, but supposedly it's really good, and you could uh, eat it right then and there on the field, and then you would leave the whole rest of this huge animal just to die. And the population, I, I said before, that around this area and all the way you know, across the whole the plains area was somewhere around 60 million, and then in 1910, there was only... 5,000 buffaloes that remained. I mean, talk about near extinction of an animal that was so pre pre prevalent. Um, here's a picture of um, skulls of bison and, and just thinking about the waste of these animals um, is just 
It's easy to point our fingers at the Europeans that came over with guns and killed these animals, uh, in some cases just for sport, just to watch them die from a train or just for one piece of meat if they were hungry for a snack and didn't care about the rest of the animal. And um, that is easy to do, point our finger and say, oh, look at how dumb, look at how evil, look at how bad that was, the devastation from 60 million down to 5,000. But what do we do? Here's the twist. What, do we, what can we do? How can we think about that in our own lives today? What do we waste? We are, um, and I'm pointing at myself, I'd say we, not, not you all, but me, and I'm a w- very wasteful person as an American, as someone who's rich, and if you don't think you're rich, uh, visit a third world country and you'll, you'll know that you're, you are very rich uh, compared to lots of other people in this world now and the people that have gone before us. We waste things, we waste time, I know I waste time. I'm like an expert on the funniest, latest YouTube videos, and that that takes a lot of time to waste, and I'm a pro at that. (laughs) And the things that God gives us, resources, uh, time, what we do with our lives. So today's lesson, all this month actually, stewardship, we're going to ask some big questions like what are we, how are we acting like the, the Europeans that came over with guns, and it's so easy to kill a buffalo with a gun, maybe not so easy, but comparably with a bow and arrow, that we can just take from this world what we want and, and trash the rest and not be good stewards. So that's kind of this bigger idea today here at the Mill Sunday School. So with that story behind us, welcome to the Mill Sunday School. Officially, if you're new, I believe on the tables or out in the back as you leave, there are little cards that look something like this, and you can fill it out with, there's really no pressure, uh, with as much or as little information as you want to give us. If you want to check a box, I will send you an email. If you che- want to check another box, I'll call you and I'll let you know more about a college and 20-somethings ministry um, here at New Life or things going on around here. And by the way, we, uh, I'll go over to Big Church later. Um, for the for the 11 o'clock service, and we usually sit in section 10. So if you're new, ask the people around you to, to bring you over, and we would love to do that. So do that. So let's get into this topic of stewardship. There is a, a person on a plane who nowadays we call them the cabin crew or uh, a flight attendant, but the, back in the day they were called stewards or stewardesses. Is that stewardesses, if the plural? Um, the, has anybody ever been on a cruise? If you're, if you're ever on a cruise with your family or whatever, um, or wh- whoever you go with, you have a cabin, and then you have a cabin steward who like comes in and cleans, and they do lots of other things to make you really happy on the, in, the, in the cruise. Um, but I remember as a kid going to Sunday school, as a kid, I'm not sure how old I was, having just read, or I think a teacher read for us, the book by E.B. White called Stuart Little. And so I went to Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher was talking about stewardship, and I thought, like, the whole lesson is about this little guy. Um, it was just really confusing. And then afterwards, I remember my parents asking me, so, what did you talk about in Sunday school? We talked about Stuart Little. My parents was like, the whole time? Yeah, the whole time. Um, <laughs> has nothing to do with Stuart Little. Um, we are going to now define stewardship. And so we're, we're going to have three conversations at our tables today. So uh, I'm going to encourage you in a second to get into a bigger group because bigger is better in this circumstance. And sometimes tables like pull together. I, th- I think that's really cool. So uh, one of the things I've asked the tables that pull together is if other people want to join you, then you let them and you add even a third or fourth table. So that's, I think that's a really cool and good thing. So here's the discussion question um, for the people at your table um, for you to think about. Um, what is a short definition of biblical 
stewardship. So in this case, shorter the better, as fewer words as possible, just like a one little sentence definition uh, of what stewardship means, uh, biblically speaking, Christian speaking. So think of a definition, write down one definition per your table, and then I'll go out with the microphone and get a few of those definitions um, to, to tell all of us. So ready, get set, discuss. All right. Does anyone want to read the definition that they came up with at their table? Over here. Oh, lots of hands over here. Good. Who wants to read it, though? Everyone's just pointing to somebody else. Josh does. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. We said it is taking dominion of the sphere of influence God has given you. Taking dominion of the sphere of influence, sphere of influence that God has given you. Good. The sphere. I like that word. That's a good word. Anybody else? Mr. Tony Hill? Uh, we're just saying to honor God with, your, with the resources you have with intentionality. Honor God with the resources you have with intentionality. Another fun word. Thoughtfulness. Guys? Representing and facilitating God's word. Representing, facilitating God's word. Good. Anybody else? Oh, right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we, we came up with using what you've been given to its fullest potential. Using what you've been given with full potential. Good. Mr. Kurt. Excuse me. We said responsible and prudent management of what you've been given. Wow, big words. Let me read that again. Prudent? Oh, you didn't write it down. You just knew that. Wow, Kurt. Genius. You want Matthew Brown? I can make... Meet me halfway, brother. <laughs> okay. Okay. So taking care of resources, people are an idea according to the values of the person um, you're stewarding. So having their values and taking care of the substance or people according to the values of that person. Good. Okay. I got it. Good. I have uh, a anybody else along the way as I troll back up to the front? <laughs> I wrote down this definition, and I'm sure it's very similar to the definitions you gave, however, just worded maybe slightly different, but it has the essence uh, of what, what all of you said. I, don't know, I forget how many of you were, maybe five. Uh, managing what God provides for His glory. Managing what God provides for His glory. And I would argue, and I will argue in a second, hopefully well, that we are stewards, a part of our being who we are, our role inside of us, our definition is that we are stewards. And I'll try to, to say that, define that in a second. Um, but many times we like to compartmentalize our lives. And we, and we talk about stewardship when it comes to uh, the famous preacher example is we steward our time, talent, and treasure. Um, and then Russell Verhey, who was in here, said, yeah, I've heard that again and again, time, talent, treasure. And he added to the list technology, which is another T, so it's extra cool. Time, talent, treasure, technology. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. Um, my friend uh, Jordan Lee over there, who's a med student, he emailed me a list of ideas because he's on Sunday School Leadership. And he said, let's not forget to steward our bodies. So it's not time, talent, treasure, technology, but our bodies and I don't know how we could work that into being a T. Uh, our temple? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Miss Katrina, wow. Uh, that was like too quick. 
Miss Katrina Bry Nelson, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and then I was talking uh, over um, a message with Whitley Crow. I don't know if she's in here. She was just arguing how we shouldn't, um, how how we do, how easy it's easier to do to compartmentalize and say and say all the things: the time, talent, treasure technology and temple and to compare and we will this month you know, kind of pick some of those and talk about them because we are ordered and systematic and linear as uh, western thinkers but this idea that Whitley was saying was just we in our essence we in our being our have been created by God we are his creations meant to take care of his creation and it is all, it's, to, to just say like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm really good with my time and giving my time over to the Lord, but I don't give my money. I don't give my, I don't care about my body. I don't care about this or that, but I'm really good with just you know, managing my time well for the Lord. It's like, well, that's, you're not doing a good job because it's not the whole person. It's not who you are in your being because who you are in your being is a, is a steward. And I'll argue that in a second. But first, a nerd alert Okay, this is going to sound really, I'm going to put up a sentence and it's going to sound silly, but it's really um, theologically in depth, pretty, very theologically sound. And so here's the sentence and, and I will explain. <laughs> there are two types of stuff, and I would say there are two types of things but we all know that uh, if something is a noun, it could be a person, place, or a thing. Um, and so in this world, and I, I could maybe say in this galaxy, in this universe, in all that is, seen and unseen, there are only two types of stuff. That's it. Like if you're categorizing everything, there is just two types of stuff. The one type, the type we worship, is of course, maybe saying it a little silly there, but we worship God. Here's an image of God. This is Jesus, uh, a very interesting icon of God. His eyes are different shapes, and what that uh, uh, is supposed to mean is His dual natures, that He is God and human at the same time, and He's doing a cool symbol with His uh, fingers uh, me, it's kind of like the peace sign. The two represents that, that uh, Christ is both divine and human, and then the three represents Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so this is the first type of thing, or the first type of stuff, that, that, that everything in this world is either God or His creation. And that's it. There's nothing before God. There's nothing preexistent to God there's not um, um, physical attributes. There's not love. There's not, um, like some people say, oh, well, God made Adam out of the clay. He formed him. But where did God get the clay? He brought it from home. It was his own. He made it. And so everything is, I'm reading this book that, that mentions the uncreated light. And I was like, whoa, this is a little weird what is the uncreated light? Because nothing is, is uncreated. It's either God or it is His creation. 
And uh, in researching the, this, this idea called the uncreated light, it could have been explained a lot better in the book, but it, it refers to the presence of God himself. And of course, God is not created, so therefore the Shekinah uh, is this uncreated light. So let me give you one more discussion piece. If everything in this world is either God or his creation, then we are his creation. We are not God. We will not become God's we were not gods. That is very central to the Christian definition of theology and who he is and who we are not. But I want to ask you this question for your, for your table, and this is probably a much harder question for you than the question we just presented because it's going to get a little personal. So if you're willing and able to open up to the people around you, um, the question is this. What are things you, um, so I would say things I, would need to steward well? What if what, we could just say, oh, God wants us to steward our money well, but, but maybe for you, that's like, well, you, maybe you don't have a job right now, and the thing you need to steward well is the place you live or your car or your time. So, so think of something that convicts you to steward well. If I was answering the question, I would answer what I personally need to steward well, things God has given me to steward. So would you do that? Ready? Get set. Discuss. All right, I'll uh, probably interrupt your conversations. How many of you at your group said one of the T words, which is time? Raise your hands high and hold them. That, I, went, I came from the back and asked a couple tables, and they all, like five in a row, said time. Number one was the thing they need to steward well. Anything else, anything outside of the box that you would like to share, Mr. Michael Marshall? <clears throat> Go ahead. Technology and our bodies. Yeah, technology, our temple, to use the T, the alliteration. Another mic over here. Yes, sir. Well, at our table here, as we were discussing and everybody went around and shared, I got thinking about it. And I'm like, if we actually took time to examine ourselves... It wouldn't be like probably one area or two areas. It'd probably be a lot of different areas. But it all starts with time, taking the time to examine ourselves and figuring out, okay, I could do better at this or that. Yeah, so, so time, but then taking time just to re-examine. Good, I'll come over here to hit Carl, and then I'll come over there. Carl Schroeder. Um, I said be a good steward of relationships. Yeah. Like the people around me, something I need to... Like your girlfriend? Yeah, like your girlfriend. Or like just the people at this table or people in this room. I would but never make fun of any of you, but I know Carl can handle it. So, that's so yeah, just, <laughs> just the people God's put in my life. Yes. I'd be a good steward good. with um, taking time to care for them. Yeah, love people. Love them or get to know them. Or, and good. that's really at the time. Good. Yes, it is. I saw a hand over here. Yes, ma'am. I feel like it kind of goes along with what he was saying um, with relationships, but I yeah. feel like it's something that we don't think about very often is our reactions to people. I feel like we need to be good stewards of our reactions to people and how we respond. I work with children mm -hmm. um, ages three to five, and that's really hard. So I feel like that's something I definitely need to work on. <laughs> yeah, stewarding your, yeah, your, what, how you interact with people. Good. I'm going to give you um, another nerd alert, and so you know what to do. <laughs> This, this Nerd Alert is sponsored by this guy, who I imagine m many of you probably have not heard of before. Uh, looks kind of like Santa Claus. He's not. This is St. Gregory 
Nazanizen, fun word to say, and he's also holding the Bible and doing the, uh, the peace sign, which is uh, going back in church history. I mean, he lived in the uh, 300s, um, and so once again, the two, dual nature of Christ and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's often called Saint Gregory or just Gregory the Theologian, and he did a lot of work uh, explaining and talking about who God is, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A lot of what he said has influenced the church. He's known as one of the, the fathers of the church, one of the doctors of the church, a pretty big deal in church history. And maybe more than any of those things, he's known as a rhetorician. Do you know what that is? Someone who is uh, schooled and trained in rhetoric, which is the art of public speaking. And maybe you've heard of the phrase, a rhetorical question, well, that, that is a part of a rhetoric device used in the ancient world. Um, so he, we have some of his sermons recorded, uh, and they're on podcast. It's really weird how that worked. <laughs> Just kidding. We have them recorded on um, <laughs> written text. And so I'm going to read for you a short excerpt. Actually, I don't want to um, trick you. It's actually quite long, so it's going to require you to pay attention, and some of you like to pay attention by closing your eyes. Some of you like to pay attention by uh, writing down notes. Some of you like to pay attention by doodling. Some of you like to pay attention just by looking uh, and staring at something, and any of those methods is fine as I read this sermon, because this is probably the, the best way I could put stewardship, and it's not my words, it's His words. And so listen to what he says. He's going to ask a rhetorical question, and the answer to this rhetorical question is, of course, the Sunday school answer, which is Jesus. So listen to what he has to say, and it's easy, once again, to let your mind wander and to, to, to start thinking about other things, but uh, listen to his words. Recognize to whom you owe the fact that you exist that you breathe, that you understand that you are wise, and above all, that you know God, the hope for the kingdom of heaven and the vision of the glory, now darkly as in a mirror, but then greater with fullness and purity. You have been made a son of God, co-heir with Christ. Where did you get all this and from whom? Is it not God who asks you now in your turn to show yourself generous above all other creatures and for the sake of all other creatures. Because, this beautiful sentence here, because we have received from Him so many wonderful gifts, we will, not, will, will we not also be ashamed to refuse Him this one thing, our generosity? Though He is God and Lord, He is not afraid to be known as our Father. Shall we, for our part, repudiate those who are not our friends and family? Let us put into practice this supreme and prime law of God. He sends down rain on the just and the sinful alike. He causes the sun to rise on all without distinction. To all the earth's creatures, He has given the broad earth, the springs, the rivers, the forests. He has given the air, the air to the birds, the water to those who live in the water. He gives abundantly to all the basic needs of life, not as a, a private possession, not restricted by law, but divide, not divided by boundaries, but is common to all, ample with rich measures. Final sentence, his gifts are not deficient in any way because he wanted to give all equally of a blessing, equal in worth, and to show the abundance of his generosity. And in that same sentence, 
But because we have received from Him so many wonderful gifts, will we not be ashamed to to refuse Him this one thing, our generosity? It's pretty beautiful. It takes, I've read it many times this week, thinking about the words. It has so much to do with God, all about God. It's not about us. When we think about stewardship, it is all about God. Why? Because He has created us. He has given us everything. And it's not about us. It's about God. And so I imagine there's some uh, conviction. And we'll close this Sunday uh, school in a a few moments. We have some more, a little bit more time with a prayer and a thought to God that we want Him. We want the Holy Spirit to convict us. And so here's the the final discussion question for you at your tables. It's it's another... um, somewhat personal question, so feel free to get as personal as you would, w- would like to. Uh, it may in some ways be more personal than the last one, which is this. When is the time you did not steward well? You were given something, and, and uh, spiritual examples would be, be great here. You were given something by God, and you felt it was a gift or some time, talent, treasure, technology, or the temple you've been given, and you did not steward it well. And so this is um, not a time to point at somebody else. It's like, yeah, they didn't steward that. Well, this is a time to think about yourself, and maybe something comes to mind. And so if it does, would you share that at your tables? Ready, cassette, discuss. So I'm probably interrupting you further. Um, some of you had many uh, great things set at your table. I walked to three different tables, and each, uh, each of these three said, Oh, how, you know, there's so many things I have not steward well, stewarded, stewarded well that uh, I could mention. And that's a very humble response. If someone said that at your table, um, that's, that's humility right there. And it's like, yeah, there are many times, of course. There have been lots of times. If we are in our being, in our essence, stewards, well, then, of course, we have fallen short. We have sinned um, because we are not God and we are not perfect. And there's many times I walked around... And a couple of you said time, some of you said relationships or even previous relationships. Some of you said, I think three different people said uh, Facebook is a waste of time and we're not stewarding our time well. Does anybody else say that? <laughs> I guess the, just those three people, um, which is hard to believe. But I want to wrap up um, to conclude our talk. Um, there's the, there was in the 80s, if some of you are old enough to remember the 80s, Anybody? You'd have to be like old, like me. Um, there was like this T-shirt and then bumper sticker that came out. Um, and it was pretty dumb, but people got it. And it was pretty popular in the 80s. It said, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Have you heard that before? And what a ridiculous statement. And it was supposed to be funny. I mean, that's why you put, you put it on a bumper sticker to kind of be funny. Um, but... That is pretty much the exact opposite of what Jesus said to do with your time, talent, treasures, technology, and temple, and toys. (laughs) Thank you. Once again, this table is just geniusly responding today. There's this old preacher joke that that, uh, you never see... A hearse, and if you know what a hearse is, it's the vehicle with the long back to carry coffins. You never see a hearse with a U-Haul. 
You cannot bring anything with you out of this world. As, as Job put it, uh, I forget who is speaking in Job 1.21, but that book says, Naked you have come into this world, and naked you will leave it. May the name of the Lord be praised. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. In the Anglican uh, Common Book of Prayer, at a funeral, the famous phrase, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. We have been created from ashes. We've been created from dust in some way, formed according to Genesis 1. And it is to dust that we will return. And we will wait for the resurrection. And then we'll be given new bodies, new minds, a new heaven and a new earth. But in this world, we will leave it all behind. That's a part of life. That's what will happen, every one of us. And to think that that, that we could... Um, take anything out of this world is silly. So we are just stewards. We are, we've come into this world to steward it as it is. It is the Lord's. It is not ours. It does not belong to us. And we give it back to the Lord. And so this month, as we talk about different subtopics, it's it's pretty huge deal. I don't know why in Sunday school, we've done 10 years of Sunday school. We've never taken a month to talk about stewardship. Well, I think it's about time. If we, if we are, in essence, in our beings, stewards, that's what we are. That's who we are. And we should talk about it a lot more. So let's close in prayer this morning as we expect the Lord to speak and the Holy Spirit to convict us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to sanctify us, to make us holy. Holy Spirit, would you bring thoughts and ideas to mind? Would you and you alone convict us, Lord, that nothing um, anyone else says or does would convict us, but you and you alone, would you use other people, would you use words of wisdom and the Scripture and who you are to convict us of sin when it comes to not stewarding well? And Jesus, we thank you that you have paid the price, that when we mess up, that your blood covers us and heals us from all sin, brings us into your glory. And Father, we praise your name that you've created us in your image, a creation meant to steward the rest of creation well. So we worship you, we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, friends. Well, we're ending just a tad early, so make sure to meet and have conversation, fellowship, but go in peace. Peace out. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.